This is MJ. Welcome to another Writer Cast, episode 11, where I'm going to be discussing and talking about, analyzing, reviewing the first two episodes of Common Writer Double. Now, I have an interesting relationship with Common Writer Double that I won't go into, um, but suffice it to say, I love three quarters of the show, and uh, I, I will ignore talking about you know another the other quarter of the show. But for right now, I'm just going to be talking about the debut, uh, which is uh, you know what you're here you know expecting from this. So here we go. Straightforward. I'm going to go into the meta information about Common Rider Double. Common Rider Double aired from September 6, 2009, to August 29, 2010. The first episode. Um, was written by Riku Sanjo and directed by Ryuta Tasaki. And uh, the second episode was uh, written by uh, Riku Sanjo also. And um, Ryuta Tasaki happened to direct that one as well. The, um, the song, the opening theme is called WBX, which I can't remember exactly what that means, but I like it. I think it's a pretty cool song. Apparently it's performed by uh, Aya uh, Kamiki um, and uh, lyricist we have Fuji, uh, Fujibayashi Shoko, composers uh, Naruse Shuhei and uh, you know there's different versions of who, who does it but there's a writer chips version but the, I think the main one for the show is uh, Kamiki Aya um, with Takuya because there's there are two voices. There's a female vocalist and a male vocalist. Um, so that's that information. Um, let me go ahead and tell you about the suit actors. So um, Seiji Takaiwa uh, portrayed Conrader Double, of course. And I think for the beginning of the show, uh, really that's all uh, I'm allowed to talk about. Actually, we saw the Taboo Dopont too, um, and the Taboo Dopont was um, portrayed by Yuki. Ono, who I actually don't know who Yuki Ono is. I haven't heard of that person. Oh, also, um, we don't know the names of them, but I'm going to tell you right now. The uh, other two Dopants that we see are, well, there's Clay Doll um, and uh, Smilodon, which was the Sabertooth one um, we saw at the wedding. And uh, Clay Doll's portrayed by uh, Fujita Satoshi. Yeah, and Smilodon was uh, portrayed by Yugo Fuji, so that's interesting. Um, I just want to look up real quick Yuki Ono because I don't know what other work they have done, and it looks like, uh, let's see, various suit and non-suit roles in Tokusatsu. Uh, let's see, Yuki is the only stunt woman to reprise her role in Kamen Rider Decade as Kamen Rider Lark. In fact, she is the only stunt woman to play Kamen Riders in Kamen Rider Decade. She played Taboo Dopont in Kamen Rider Double. Very interesting. Uh, I think there's a low number of female suit actors. Uh, so that's pretty cool that, um, you know, Taboo got one. Got to be one. I actually heard years ago that Taboo was, uh, had a male suit actor, not a female suit actor, which is interesting. Um, it was kind of the butt of a joke, uh, but I'm glad to know that wasn't the case. Anyway, um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, let me see. The premise of Kamen Rider Double is that um, these two young men, um, Shotaro Hidari and Philip, uh, become a two-in-one detective, uh, and they uh, 
work as a in a private detective agency, but mostly what they do with their uh, power to become a two in one detective is, uh, which means they combine into one body, Shotaro's body, and become you know Kamen Rider double. Um, but they fight Dopons, which are these superpowered beings that use these items called Gaia memories to um, power up humans, and they're kind of dealt by a, a crime family called the Sonazakis, who deal them as if they're drugs or something like that, performance enhancers, you could say. And um, yeah, Philip and Shotaro. Uh, fight against them to stop them from uh, having, you know, terrible effects on the city, and they can, the Dopons can cause much damage, and uh, these guys are trying to stop them. So my first impressions of the cast are that I do not like Shotaro, he's a poser. Um, <laughs> I like that Philip calls him half-boiled and properly identifies him as that, and that everybody kind of gives him a hard time for pretending to be more of a hard-boiled manly man than he actually is. Um, and then Philip is an interesting character because he outwardly looks more feminine and looks softer, but he has a harsher outlook on life and um, kind of pushes Shotaro to do to make the hard choices that uh, that he you know can't quite. Uh, but it's also interesting because there's a dynamic that Shotaro is out in the field and Philip seems to be a recluse, and uh, maybe it's easier for him to um, be harsh because he's not dealing with people face-to-face. -face. And I do enjoy, you know, I, I call Shotaro a poser, and I think the show is clear that that's the case as it stands, uh, but I think it's a beginning place for his character arc, and um, I like the shape of the arc that is forming, and I like the, the conflict um, that's baked into the relationship between him and Philip. Uh, I think it's really interesting. And... Uh, Aki, uh, Akiko Narumi also comes along and pushes Shotaro uh, out of his comfort zone or out of his self-delusion because she sees through that he's not hard-boiled and she joins in in calling him. I think she's the one who originates the term. No, no, no. Um, Philip does, but she takes it and uses it readily. Um, and she's a good character because she gives pushback to Shotaro's, I don't know, silliness or his excesses that um, don't need to be there. And uh, anyway, I, I like her. Um, I like her energy, I like uh, her being antagonistic, and uh, as far as the chemistry between the three of them, I really enjoy it because um, there's a very sibling-like feel, and that's kind of something, you know, I think I've said uh, a few times in talking about these shows, but I think it's a good thing to do with your characters, it's kind of an easy, it's not easy to make, uh, to pull off well, but it's easy to set up, and it's uh, probably a good thing to set up because it makes for richer um, interactions between your characters, and you can kind of do more with them if they have that kind of intimate feeling. And uh, I think they edge towards that between the three of them, um, and or you know, like friends that have known, like childhood friends almost, uh, where they can all give each other a hard time and stuff. And uh, it's kind of neat that she inserts herself into their lives and is willing to roll with all the craziness uh, that's going on in Futo and uh, that they themselves are involved with. And because they, you know, were working at her dad's uh, company, which as far as she knows. Uh, is still his company, but you know, he, he's secretly dead. She doesn't know that because Shotaro won't tell her and Philip won't either for some reason. Anyway, I hope that becomes something later in the show. It really should. I can't believe they didn't talk about it here. Um, it just, you know, it, it creates a, there's a tension between them as well as that antagonism. And I, uh, I like the dynamic that that creates in the show. So, the Sonozakis as a whole, I'll just give really quick impressions of them because I feel like that's all we can get. Psycho seems determined and driven, and uh, she definitely seems like she's more of a type A person, um, especially to her sister, and like she's trying to live up, and maybe she's the firstborn, and she's trying to do, you know, take over the family business uh, for her dad. And Wakana seems kind of spoiled and childish, uh, softer, she seems to chafe at her sister, um, 
I don't know, being more advanced, being farther along in the family business than she is, but she seems like she enjoys the benefits of the family business, you know, with the illegal selling of the stuff. And, uh, uh, Terubi, uh, the father, um, Sonazaki, he, uh, just seems happy to be there and be evil. Um, he sure likes petting that cat. Um, and, uh, I don't know, he just, he, I can't get a good read on him. He just seems like a generic villain at this point, and it's, it's kind of weird. And then, uh, I believe Kirihiko, uh, is his name. He joins the family. He becomes a Sonozaki. He's a driven, uh, Gaia memory dealer out on the streets, pushing hard and, uh, trying to bring himself into the family. And I, I don't know what else to say about him other than uh, the guy's driven. I think the design element of the show is deceptively simple, but there's a lot to unpack, and I kind of have a lot, a lot of details laid out. So uh, we get a glimpse early in the episode of the double driver and the six main memories. Uh, I guess three and three are used, you know, three on each side, and they create these different forms or whatever that I won't really go into just quite yet. Um, but it looks interesting. Uh, I, I think it's really interesting that, like, in the show, you know, Shotaro puts it on and then it... Um, manifests on Philip, and then Philip puts a stick in, and then it manifests or teleports into Shotaro's. Um, but then, uh, you know, that's the belt. Uh, it looks interesting, techy, very techy, and then they have these gadgets, like this um, wristwatch thing that he has that shoots out a web, or a, like a line for him, uh, to scale or repel. And then we've got this phone that turns into a bat, so they're little animal gadgets. Kind of, kind of reminds me of the disc animals. I think the design on them is pretty solid. He's got a phone that turns into a stag beetle, and you have to, like, stick a guy memory into them to activate them and turn them into their, you know, other forms. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, something I don't like, the, the car, the weird double-head-shaped car that teleports, or, you know, that um, has all the different uh, backs for the motorcycle in it. It's kind of a kludgy mess. Uh, I do like the design of the guy memories. We see Kirihiko selling them, and we see them pop up in other instances, and they look really interesting, kind of evil USB sticks, you know? And then he gets a belt when he's, you know, getting married into the family. And I don't know that we see the other Sonozakis have it, but it's like a Sonozaki heirloom type thing. So I think that helps them. They insert their USBs or their guy memories into those instead of how people uh, stick them into their arms or their bodies like we get to see with the, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who has the magma memory. We see him do that. And then the lady with the uh, T-Rex memory, we also get to see her insert her guy memory. And it like goes all the way into her body when she turns into the huge dinosaur thing. And it's interesting because I guess that uh, USB, the guy memory port can get stuck in different places on a person's body, I guess, wherever they choose. And then um, going into design of the actual Dopants when they show up, uh, I like them. Overall, they're very wild and imaginative. Um, the magma dopant in particular uh, looks really neat. I like how it's got this base of like flaming magma and then like cool patches of you know cooled lava rock on it as like armor. Uh, and then the T-Rex, um, I don't know. It, it was ambitious and it was a bold choice. I like the back of it more than I like the giant head, and I almost wonder, um, like you couldn't, I couldn't. You couldn't really see the giant head closely, so I wonder if they were just kind of tokusatsuing it and cutting around it so you didn't have to see it. In the wedding scene, we get to see all the Sonozakis in their suits. Um, we get to see Clay Doll, which I think is a really interesting look. Um, I know more about it from later in the series, so I won't say anything other than I was a little surprised by... Well, yeah, it's an interesting design. It's funny, it has a Wakana's hairdo with the like side buns. It, it's very reminiscent of that. Um, Terubi Sonozaki, I can't quite tell, but he's got like a huge headdress, and I think he's wearing a cape. It's all very flowy, but they're purposely obscuring it, um, and I like how they 
kind of obscured him and um, Clay Doll with the sheets or, or like the like sheets of tulle. Um, you know, it's kind of romantic and wedding-like. And then the Smilodon, uh, I really have to wonder. You know, we saw the two daughters and the father, and then Kirihiko or like a servant or whatever at the house, but we never saw a fourth per or a, a fourth person. So I wonder who Smilodon could be. Um, it's pretty interesting to me that you know maybe it's just bonus family member. Um, and then. We don't really get good uh, shots of Taboo. We see Taboo used, I'm not going to say extensively, but in a lot of action. Uh, you know, early at the beginning of the episode, which is, takes place a year before, you know, what's going on now. Um, but we do get some shots of, of the suit, and it's very interesting. I don't quite understand. It, it, it's got like a female, you know, it's a female presenting body. Uh, so it's got, you know, a bust, and it has uh, exposed lips, but they like have like stitching coming off of them. And like the hair is like flame. And uh, I don't know if there's like this red and black theme going on on, on top of the pink. So um, it seems like it's supposed to be very feminine, but like, I don't know, like it's betraying or like like twisted or warped or hiding some sort of secret and I think that's really interesting. Shifting over to uh, the guys and their stuff, um, I find it interesting that when they're transforming, uh, Shotaro gets lines on his face kind of similar to the original Kamen Rider. Um, and then the sides that they're able to swap out with the different guy memories give different powers. And like Luna uh, has got these crazy stretchy limbs that he's able to you know stretch around and whack people with. Uh, and then the base double suit, it looks really cool. I like the design. Um, you know, you've got some contrast with it, and then uh, the different, like, each side has contrast. It has a main color, and then it has, like, a highlight color, and you've got that, like, that W-shaped antenna that's very simple. It's, like, a very simple, rounded, um, easy-to-look-at design, and I think it's done really well. Um, I, I think the simplicity lends itself to the form changes that they do. Um, and, uh, but then it, it, you know, the show goes crazy too, cause like he swips out, swaps out his bike back for, you know, a flying thing and he fights a giant, you know, the T-Rex turns into this giant trash dinosaur <laughs> with the head on it. So, uh, I, it's interesting design and I like it overall. My overall impressions of Comrade Double are that it's trying a little too hard to be mysterious. Um, the show kind of feels like it is Shotaro or it has his idea of presentation cause he's trying really hard to be cool and mysterious and hard-boiled and I feel like the show's doing that a little bit too and I don't like it um I enjoy the him being like that and then like uh Akiko pushing back against him and just she brings a lot of fun and energy to the show whereas he almost kind of brings it down a little bit because he wants to be so serious and you know tough and manly um but the designs are really cool the action was cool um some of his stuff where he was being emotional and like upfront with his feelings was really uh, endearing uh and overall the show's really intriguing and uh so like i said the design's really great and i enjoy that so um overall the show's really fun and uh you know it's a great start to a comrade i would say you can check out the full playlist of another writer cast. You can see the playlist for MJ Loves Toku uh, as well on the uh, on YouTube. And uh, you want to see more of my work, you can find it at mjmunoz.com. If you want to support me at all, you can go to um, coffee.com slash mjmunoz to do that. And you can also find audio links to the podcasts and reviews that I do up on YouTube over on my blog in the podcast section. You can also look up Toku Vlogs to see uh, everything else I've done with Tokusatsu, including uh, reviewing, analyzing, discussing the uh, Netflix Ultraman, which is a pretty cool show. Anyway, uh, thank you for spending your time with me. Uh, you can like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff to help me out. And 
Until next time, be well.